Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakway. Well, Aaron, I think folks are going to enjoy this podcast today as we hit the streets of St. Albans, West Virginia to visit a popular craft beer bar out in the Burbs. You see, West Virginia doesn't yet have a ton of good craft beer-focused bars across the state, but the count is growing. And we found a beauty at the tap in St. Albans. Aaron set up this interview for us with the bar's owners, who are bringing a really cool craft beer vibe to their town. They're doing it with carefully curated brews and knowledgeable staff, along with good food and entertainment. So let's check in now with Erin as she introduces today's guests on West Virginia Beer Roads. Erin. So we're here today to talk to the co-owners of The Tap in St. Albans, West Virginia. First co-owner is Brian England, also a teacher in the local community. Hey, how are you guys? Doing Thanks for coming. Super excited to have you. Looking forward to it. Yeah. With us, we also have Jordan Garrett, who is also a co-owner and a coach in the community. How are you doing? And finally, we have TJ Douglas, who is, of course, a co-owner and also a coach in the local community. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. So Brian England has been elected to be the primary spokesperson for the TAP for our interview today. So we're going to get get right into this. When did the TAP officially open? So we opened on uh, October 1st of 2021. Uh, so it's been a little over a year that we've been open at the TAP here in St. Albans. And how did you decide to jump into the craft beer business? Well, originally, um, prior to the first business that we opened, uh, Crafts of the Coal, uh, that was the plan. Um, all three of us are very passionate about uh, beer, uh, specifically craft beer. And um, so the undertaking uh, of opening a craft beer bar like the Tap uh, was a little too much for us at the very beginning. So we wanted to kind of uh, get our feet wet, I guess, in the business world and, and, and something else. And we brainstormed. We sat around and decided that... Uh, what, you know, what did the market demand around here? And there, there wasn't a lot of great ice cream options. And so we opened up the Crafts of the Coal um, hand-scooped ice cream. And uh, the whole plan for that was to provide a great quality product for the community and for us personally, uh, long-term, be able to open uh, the tap here in St. Albans. Well, having experience with your other business, as you said, mm-hmm. has owning a craft beer bar been everything that you anticipated that it may be? And more, yes. Uh, and we've we've learned quite a bit. Uh, to be honest with you, we had no idea what we were doing when we first started. And so uh, one year of, of on-the-job education for all three of us has been has been very good. And uh, we're still learning. I mean, every, every week it's something new. Um, we're learning about, you know, running a business, uh, managing people. Uh, we're learning about beer. So it's it's been a, it's been one over a year of education for all three of us. Quite a process, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Describe for me what the town's reaction and reception um, has been as far as when you open the tap here. I don't think we could ask for a better uh, reaction or reception from the town of St. Albans, um, from the mayor down to the city councilman, down to the community members of our fellow business owners and on the street and elsewhere. Everybody has been super welcoming of us, and we couldn't ask for a better situation. Um, obviously, St. Albans, if you look around, is up and coming. Um, obviously, not up and coming. It's on the comeback. Um, St. Albans obviously used to be a booming town mm-hmm. um, uh, when all the plants were, were booming. Mm-hmm. St. Albans was, 
was the suburb. You know, obviously people started moving west and things changed a little bit. The interstate didn't run through St. Albans. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a period of uh, of of time where, where businesses kind of struggled a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years, man, I just I think the street is a testament to what's going on in St. Albans right now. Sure. And um, we're, we're just uh, very fortunate and blessed to be a part of it. I want to thank you guys for uh, providing us with a couple of brews that uh, Aaron and I are drinking here. I know I have the uh, Booger Cat from the Peddler in Huntington, West Virginia. And uh, Aaron, what do you have over there? I have Bat Boy from Greenbrier Valley Brewing Company out of Lewisburg. Yeah, Bat Boy and Booger Cat, two uh, dark ales. uh, Or, well, I guess Bat Boy is actually a lager. Dark lager, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, all right, we got a, yeah, super. Thank you guys for that. And, um, Mm -hmm. But I want to start kind of, I'm curious, because I've known and stopped in the place a couple of times, mm-hmm. but take me back, let's think back, Brian, yeah. uh, to when you began uh, the, the tap, yeah. and you your first beer menu when you opened, and what you were thinking about what would sell, I mean, you hadn't yeah. done that yet, you guys hadn't been in the bar business, you know, mm-hmm. around here, well, anywhere, I guess, maybe right. you'd attended a bar or two. I That we had. Um, <laughs> but let's like, talk a little bit about that, that first menu, and then how it's uh, developed over time. Yeah, so we, we actually, um, we did a lot of research um, over the, probably year or so that we were planning on doing this, we went on a statewide brew tour, um, which was obviously educational and fun Mm -hmm. um but um and you know we we had visited some other local um bars that served craft beer and stuff and so the biggest thing that we wanted to do with our original menu and we've stuck with it and we haven't strayed at all is provide a variety of craft beers um not be heavy one way or the other now obviously um we're at the mercy of what the microbreweries make and so sometimes we do get heavy one way or the other but for the most part we try to offer a little bit of something for everybody so it's pretty much stayed the same type of variety since you opened in it, it has and we've yeah. expanded actually we've even expanded it so um, you have more taps now correct we had well the taps we've had 24 from the beginning um but we've expanded just the type different types of beer um, based off of what the microbreweries have provided and you know we even included uh, some domestics uh, or a domestic excuse me we included a Michelob Ultra on the tap as well sure sure um, because uh, we are businessmen and it is St. Albans and um, so there's a market for that <laughs> well one of the things that is often a challenge for a beer bar owner is mm-hmm. developing your own signature right. you definitely don't want to be just like everybody else mm-hmm. but any other bar can offer the same beers that you do. So what are some of the things that you do to stand out from the crowd? Uh, our, our variety of uh, options, you know. I mean, there's no other place in St. Albans uh, that you can go to that offers the variety of beer that we offer. And um, honestly, there's very few places between Charleston and Huntington. Very few. There's, there's some. Um, and but it's we're on the cutting edge, in my opinion, of of the craft beer uh, bar um, market here in in the Canal Valley and in um, the tri-state area. So uh, I, I think that's kind of what sets us apart specifically in this market, which is the St. Albans area, is the variety of, of beer that we offer. Do you offer cans in addition to draft? So we started out offering uh, cans, um, but we found based, and a, a lot of it had to do with the setup of our bar and our facility. We found that the can sales weren't quite what we wanted. We do offer bottles, um, mostly domestics and, and stuff, but uh, we do not have most of the time a variety of cans uh, from the microbreweries here in the state. 
Well, I'm interested in uh, getting a read on your what you see as your customers' beer preferences. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the current market today. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it it's seasonal, as you guys know. Um, right now, we're selling a lot of darker beers that we would never sell, you know, in, in August, sure. you know, and, and sure. our menu has kind of went that way. Um, but, you know, obviously... Our, the trend goes as the trend goes nationwide and statewide, you know, and so we do sell a lot of um, IPAs, a lot of hazy IPAs. We sell a lot of lagers, um, light lagers and blondes. Uh, we sell a lot of sours, uh, which, you know, two out of the three owners, uh, TJ and myself love sours. T, uh, Jordan is is an IPA connoisseur. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, kind of we pride ourselves in, in offering, you know, kind of listening to the, the customers and um, we're, we're, you know, we're not afraid to listen to our customers. Yeah. You know, so we, when you're listening to those customers, is there just one beer out today that the, you just can't get enough of? I mean, something that's really hot. So I can think of, okay. So I can think of different types of beers that that is the case. So we were just talking about five street. We just got five street from Charleston there a few, a uh, few weeks ago and um, they're golden ale. Um, we can't, anytime we have it on, it, it, it goes very, very quickly. How do, uh, why do you see that's the case? Why, why is that? I, well, I think it's in this area, it's trendy and I think it's a very quality beer, mm-hmm. um, honestly. Um, and then, you know, from an IPA standpoint, anytime we have Haggard on weathered ground, I mean, it's one of the best IPAs in the state, obviously, uh, it goes very quickly from a, from a sour standpoint, anytime that we can get the Bron- any of the Brondo series from the peddler, uh, it, it, it'll kick in, I mean, a matter of hours sometimes. It just depends. If it's a if it's a Friday or Saturday night, we may kick a keg in a few hours. Uh, yeah. That's how popular the, the Brondo series is with sure. this in this area from the peddler. So, Well, as a craft beer bar owner, we kind of discussed this a little bit, but what is your take on the popularity of the hazy, juicy IPAs and the fruited kettle sours? Yeah. I mean, uh, me personally, I love hazy IPAs and, and I love sours. Um, so, I think the this is the combination of the hops and the citrus, you know, and some of the the fruit, you know, back in uh, on the IPAs. I think people like that. Uh, I know I know Jordan does. Um, uh, one of his, you know, stop and smell the citrus. He's a very citrusy IPA guy. So any any time you can throw citrus in there with some of those hops, I mean, he's all about it. And I think you know what he likes is what most people like when it comes to IPAs. Mm-hmm. And then the sours, man, it's just. You know, people. It's. It, it, I'll never forget when it, when I first had my first sour. I was like, "Whoa, that's a beer!" You know, like I could not wrap my mind around that. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, it's just it. Throat, my palate was not used to it. You mm-hmm. know, and then over time, I I just it, it became something that I, I very much enjoyed. And um, uh, I think it's still new around here. I don't think it's new nationwide, but um, people are really really catching on to the sours. And we have a customer base that just absolutely loves sours unfortunately wintertime we can still get them but we're, we're limited in summertime sure. we can get them yeah based on the ingredients yeah well you know having said that because it, it has been like juicy ipas mm. the the fruited kettle sours they have been super popular and right. among you know craft beer fans for a while what's your opinion as far as do you see that ending anytime soon i don't see it ending um obviously there's you know you're going to have ebbs and flows with Difference and every every brewery is trying to trying to get one up on each other. Although it is a tight knit community, and from what I've under, from what I understand, talking to the different uh, delivery guys and the different brewers that we have come in our spot, um, you know they support each other. Oh, know? that very much so. They support each other, and so but mm-hmm. at the same time, 
they want to make the best beer. Sure. So it's twofold there. And so with, with, with that competition drives better products. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think we'll see new beers come out that will just blow people's minds. Yeah. yeah. Well, look into your crystal ball uh, and, and, and give us some thoughts on what are those new styles you think might be the ones that will up and come in the next year? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think the, you know, I don't think the IPA craze is going anywhere. You know, I think people will continue to try to perfect it. I don't think the sours are going anywhere. Um, I love seeing, especially in the summertime, I love seeing these light lagers. A lot of these uh, breweries are making some really good light lagers. You know, obviously Country Boy has like a lemonade lager that is so drinkable. I mean, if you think about cruising down the Canal River on a boat, you know, you mm -hmm. think about drinking the light, you know, the lemonade lager. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, just the wheat beers, the darker wheat beers are starting to come in a lot, like the, the Dunkles and such and so it's really cool to see i and i'll be honest with you again we're not too uh prideful to to admit that we don't know everything about beer and so i had never had a dunkel before we opened the tap so yeah. you know i had my first dark wheat beer you know i don't know six seven months ago when we first got it on the menu and i was pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. you know and so uh you i think we'll start seeing you know some of those wheat those wheat beers those heffies are that's a big craze too so mm -hmm. Um, I can see that coming on. Well, we see around the, the country in bigger markets anyway that loggers have really been on the uptick. Mm -hmm. uh, they think the uh, hazies IPAs yeah. have have peaked. They're still very popular yeah. and the most popular, mm -hmm. but they you know they're they're seeing like other styles start mm -hmm. to come up. And I'm sure in West Virginia we're not always on the leading edge. Yeah, uh, yeah. Usually we're 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 catching up, um, but it's you know like I said I think I think we're going to see. Um, these breweries start coming out with some new things and you know the customer base around here will start catching on so, so yeah i wonder if you could then just kind of give us some thoughts on other things you do to sell beer mm -hmm. at the tap i mean are there other things that that you're going to be doing coming up in the future i mean kind of different things like to bring people in yeah or, or just to actually to sell the different craft beer i mean to market the beer so we we on a regular basis we uh we do beer highlights and so, you know, we, we try to highlight different beers from different breweries and different styles. Um, obviously, uh, we do that sometimes based off of our personal preference. If you look at our Facebook page and our Instagram page, a lot of times we'll post some of our favorite beers. But social media is the biggest thing. I mean, um, we have almost seven, six to 7,000 followers on Facebook. We've only been open over a little over a year. And um, you put a good look, a good beer, and with a great description out there, people are it piques people's interest. So that's one of the things we do to bring people in. That that kind of gets me into my next question for for you is mm -hmm. regarding your marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, so what do you do to attract new business and also to retain customers? So obviously, social media marketing. We don't we don't pay for our marketing. We do it ourselves, and we try to be consistent on a weekly basis to post, um, let people know what we're offering. Also, we, we hold we hold events and we do things in the tap to bring people in. You know, uh, we've 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 done everything from karaoke, um, live music. Uh, we we've done um, trivia before. Uh, so we've had watch parties. We just obviously just finished a couple World Cup watch parties because USA was playing and mm -hmm. that brought a lot of people in. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we do try to put forth uh, a good effort um, to diversify you know, ways to bring people in. So you do try to hold special events on a regular basis? Yes, we, we do. We have, we've had everything from political parties to um, we've had 
uh, watch parties. We've had live music. We just had an ugly Christmas sweater party on Friday. <laughs> that was a blast. And we had a, a, a DJ that just absolutely killed it. So, yeah, I mean, just we, we do try to diversify ways to bring people in. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, what have been your biggest challenges to running a craft beer bar in St. Albans, West Virginia? I mean, I, I imagine and I don't remember that there was ever one before the tap down yeah. here. Obviously, uh, inventory, when you offer a variety, the, the, the type of variety that we offer with 24 taps, with all the different beverages, just, just inventory in itself is a challenge, you know. Um, and it's a weekly process that we all three collaborate on. You know, what beers are we going to get? What are we short on? You know, that kind of stuff. So inventory is a big, is a big challenge. Um, infrastructure is a big challenge. We, we have a beautiful bar in a hundred plus year old building. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to deal with some infrastructure issues, some plumbing issues. We yeah. had to shut down for a week, uh, ho- uh terracotta piping that was a hundred years old that oh, we wow. had to replace, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's been a huge challenge for us. Um, you know, and then, uh, and I will say one challenge that we haven't really had is staffing. Uh, we've been so blessed with the staff that we've had We've yeah. had the, uh, obviously, you know, Amy, um, she's been with us since day one. Um, Audrey and Jaden been, have been with us since day one uh, and others. And we are very lucky uh, in this day and age over a year with zero turnover. Um, so we're very fortunate. That has not been a challenge. So what would you say uh, are the keys to building good relations with your beer distributors where you get a good bit of the beer? You start, yeah, you know. uh, just communication, um, you know, being willing to, well, being present owners, so whenever the distributors or the brewers or the delivery guys come in, uh, just building relationships with them and talking with them. Uh, we have all of their cell phone numbers, and so we, we're, we're talking and texting on a regular basis. Um, they're very pleased with the amount of product we're buying from them, which helps things out as yeah. well. And are you generally happy with the kind of support and the information that they can provide when it comes to the details you need on well, the Well, they're the experts. We're yeah. learning from them mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Uh, they teach us all the time. Yeah, so um, we have had a great relationship with our distributors, um, obviously Spriggs and Capital City and Mountain State, and um, we get a few beers from all of them, you know, um, and so uh, they have breweries that have gotten too big to distribute themselves, and and we trust them to, you know, let us know what the new and upcoming beers are from those microbreweries that they distribute or those yeah. bigger breweries because they're always distribute. getting something new like jackie o's just came in recently i know right. a big one that's uh, out of ohio and then yep. there's always something new i know there's some ones i'm going to be writing about mm-hmm. before long that are coming in from other states so we had jackie o's the first week that we could get it uh, yeah on tap and it didn't last very long so great brewery yeah so it's it's what do you find like th- that works for you when working with the beer distributors so that you can keep up to date and make sure you are on the front line of getting their new products or maybe their best products. Yeah, I mean, just uh, communication. Obviously, Michael is our guy from Spriggs that we talk to quite a bit. Nicole from North Central. Um, and mm-hmm. so just, again, it's all about relationship. You know, business, they're, they're trying to make a sell, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but they also want us to succeed. And so they're telling us the, the beers that they think that would be successful at the tap. And we've developed a rapport with them to where I think we trust each other. And so that helps us and it helps them. 
And in West Virginia, of course, we have uh, some small breweries. They have the ability to self-distribute. Mm-hmm. So I like the same question with them. How do you uh, work with your really small breweries that direct distribute to the bar? Yeah, uh, just close communication, same as we do with the distributors that we work with. Uh, you know, we a lot of the the self-distributors um, will come into our bar when they deliver and maybe sit down and have a beer every now and then or uh, when they're off the clock and, you know, just, just uh, again, they're about a, they're as much about relationship building as we are. Um, it's a mutual, it's a business relationship, but it's mutual, you know? And so uh, I think, you know, again, like I mentioned Jamal uh, earlier from the peddler, you know, Jamal has been a guy that we've, you know, really connected with. And um, he's a guy that uh, we trust and, uh, he's been in our bar quite a bit. He's a St. Albans native, which helps. Um, and so, you know, it's just been a great uh, process for us getting to know these guys. Well, we all know how important it is to have staff that are knowledgeable about craft beer, especially when you have customers that may be new to the craft beer scene. So what is your approach in regard to training with your staff? So we actually um, had a beer education two-hour session with our uh, employees at the, uh, probably about halfway through um, just you know other than us educating them uh, we brought a guy named Aaron Ross in um, who has worked for a brewery out in on the west coast in Washington mm-hmm. and then also um, for a pretty well-known brewery in Asheville North Carolina which obviously is a great place for craft beer sure and um, so Aaron came in and and gave everybody again we learned a lot that day as well uh, a crash course on um, what to look for uh, in, a, in, a, in a beer when, when you see and smell and taste a beer, what, what you're actually seeing, smelling and tasting, mm-hmm. um, how to make a sell to a customer, you know, how to find, you know, we, we live in uh, West Virginia where uh, people grew up drinking, you know, Mick Ultra and Bud Light and Budweiser. Sure. And so, but they're, they're, they're curious. And so how do we connect the Budweiser drinkers to the craft beer? Aaron gave us a great crash course on how to make that connection. And so that was a pretty awesome thing, not only for our employees, but for us. And when you get new employees, is that something that you try to focus on with them? That education comes from us three. Yeah. So we, um, anytime we get a new employee, um, we're kind of giving, giving them in their orientation a, a crash course on some of the things. And then their best education is on the job training. So they learn as they go as well. The biggest thing that we want, though, is for people to be um, just honest and transparent in themselves. So, you know, we do want, we, we do want people to, if, if some of our employees may not know certain thing about a beer, we want them to say, hey, let me go ask. You know, I, I may not sure. know. You know, we don't want them to be fake about it because, honestly, a, a craft beer, there's different phases of beer drinkers and the the craft beer connoisseur will, will be able to pick out if you don't know what you're talking about. You know oh, absolutely. I mean? So we do try to be transparent and, and we're, we're very real with that. So, Well, talk about some of the things that you may see on the horizon for the tap. Um, any kind of maybe some expansion plans or some things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, our second phase, and, and it's kind of a dream of ours, and I think that it will be something that we will be able to do. It's just going to be a matter of, of getting it done, when we can get it done, getting structural engineer out, is uh, we would really like to open up a rooftop bar. Hmm. Um, we have a flat roof. Uh, we're one of the few flat roofs in St. Albans. Uh, we only have one story. Mm-hmm. So we can. Um, that's something that in the Canal Valley we don't have, and I think it would be something excellent for St. Albans. It would be an addition to St. Albans that people would enjoy in mm-hmm. the surrounding areas, and so hopefully 
that's a dream. I have no idea when that's going to happen. Obviously, all that stuff takes money and time. And so we're just kind of uh, being patient with it. You know, we don't force things with the business. So we've been very patient with our business decisions. And if it doesn't set right, if we feel like a little tug, we don't do it. So we're just waiting for that right time. But that is a long-term plan sure. for the for the tap. And it's something that you have, you know, the space for. You said, As you said, you have a rooftop, so you yeah. feel like that there's plenty of space to be able to build that out and it, create that space. There's space. Uh, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know exactly how it could happen. I'm sure, sure it can happen because there's rooftop bars all over the country. Mm-hmm. So we just got to figure out exactly how to make it happen. That's exciting. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Well, let's turn our uh, focus a little to the sort of the big picture and away from St. Albans and to kind of a statewide setup where how would you sum up the West Virginia beer market today? Um, Like what could brewers do better for you? What could distributors do better for you? Uh, I mean, I think like we talked about, um, I think other states have been ahead of us, uh, but I think West Virginia is on the rise and it's really cool to see. I mean, just look at Charleston. You know, look mm-hmm. at look at what what's being done in Charleston just in the last couple of years with with Fife coming in and you know, obviously Bad Shepherd, uh, you know, has been there for a while. And we we sell a lot of Bad Shepherd beer. Um, the Loud is one of the top selling IPAs that we have. Obviously, uh, people love the Loud. Um, now we got Short Story, you know, coming in. We we were able to visit Short Story just a couple of weeks ago, and so I think I think you're starting to see it really take off. Um, what could we do better? I mean, I think just have a progressive mindset you know i think we're it's not per se doing it better it's just continuing to do it you know i think uh we have to play catch up with other states um but i think over time you you know we're going to see west virginia i think it's a great craft beer state and i think we're going to see it be a very successful industry and for the for a long term in the future well thinking of those beer regulations and laws which affect every bar or brewery certainly and, and they impact how you can do business is there anything you'd like to see change that would help the beer industry prosper and grow here in uh, St. Albans? Yeah, I'd like to pass this question on to my one of my co-owners, uh, TJ. Um, we've had we've had some discussions about this, about some of the laws that we think that could probably change. So this is something I think possibly that um, you know he could probably articulate a little better. Okay, TJ, uh, you take this one. Um, as far as the the, the laws of uh, the craft brew world, we you know we, as a tap room we we found that you know obviously we can bring in these different uh, different beers from different microbrews, but what we would like to see change is you know we we would like to be able to bring in um, the equipment um, in order to brew beer within our tap room from these microbrews. For instance, like the Peddler, we would love to see those guys come in and brew a beer within our tap room um, that we can provide for our guests. Um, say like once a month, we rotate that through. Um, I think it would be huge for the craft uh, craft brewery world. And as far as our community, I think it would be awesome. For yeah. It's quite a different that. different mm-hmm. concept you're mm-hmm. talking about from a bar. You're turning into you'd have to have a brewery license, right? We'd mm-hmm. have to have a brewery license. Obviously, that's um, you know not something that the, the three of us um, 
you know, we have any experience with or the education behind it. Um, so basically, you know, we provide the equipment. These breweries come in and, and brew for, a, say, a solid month, and then we move on to another craft brewery where they come in and, and brew their beer hmm. um, to offer our guests. I think it would it really would change the game. Um, it's something that we've discussed with some of our, you know, uh, distributors as far as microbreweries go. Um, there are some interested folks, but as far as the laws go, they don't allow it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the main thing that we would like to see changed with the West Virginia laws, because I do know, based off of research, it can be done in other states. It just can't be done here yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guys, are there any other uh, legal issues or regs that you run up against that you'd love to see changed or that things would help our beer market grow in West Virginia? There's, there's not anything else um, that, that, that I know of um, that, I th- that I'd like to see changed. I think TJ articulated uh, the one change in the laws that we would like to see, you know, happen. Um, but, uh, again, I think as time goes, um, and I think we do have some um, legislators that like to drink beer. And so uh, <laughs> I think we will see some more progressive beer laws come out. Yeah, so before we close this uh, interview today, anything else that we haven't touched on that's up and coming at the tap? Uh, anything that you'd love to have the folks know about? I mean, really, as uh, large as our, uh, I guess, scope of social media in, impact and influence is, there's still a lot of people that don't know about us. I mean, six to 7,000 followers on Facebook is a lot, and Instagram we have over 1,000. But yet there's still so many people that don't know about the tap. And um, I think one of the things just from a personal standpoint for the city of St. Albans that we love is when people find out about the tap, they'll drive here for a place like the tap outside of St. Albans. Mm -hmm. And what that does for our city is it highlights and gives opportunities for our other businesses who we support very much um, to be. Uh, people to, to for people to know about them we have some great restaurants and bars just on the street i can think of six on main street right yeah. now and so for people to be able to come into the tap and then all of a sudden they look across the street and they see oh i can get some good seafood at shuckers or i can go down to the cafe and get good wings or i can go to a mexican restaurant or i can go to cold river coffee and get some roasted coffee that from locally here in St. Albans. And, you know, and just to name a few businesses, um, obviously there's more, I don't want to leave anybody out, but that in my opinion, um, is one of the best things about what we're able to do. Yeah. You know, we've had people go down to drummies, which is a bar just down the hill here. And, um, they, they'll walk up the hill and see, never seen the tap before and they come in. And so it's that kind of mutual relationship in my opinion, that is, it makes it, um, fulfilling yeah business in yeah it is and it, i know often or at least through the years here in st albans there have been a number of uh, nightclubs mm-hmm. and and good bars and yeah. restaurants and things that you'd go to but you guys were the first to really do focus craft mm-hmm. beer bar yep that was a risk i mean it is it's something hadn't yeah. been done yep. uh, and i think you're doing a great job with it thank you yeah we're, we're very fortunate and again it doesn't happen without the support of the community it doesn't happen without the support of our local uh, um, government officials and it doesn't happen without the support of our families and and you guys for coming in and, and highlighting us on your podcast so we really appreciate that well i think that this is going to wrap up our interview again we're here with the three owners of the tap which is brian england jordan garrett and tj douglas thank all thank 
all of you guys for taking the time to talk with us today. We've definitely enjoyed the information that you've provided and look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And if anyone uh, is listening and hasn't been in, uh, they haven't been to St. Albans, West Virginia, just outside Charleston and sort of in between Charleston and Huntington in a way, get over here and uh, make sure that you do visit the tap. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.